the future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Everybody, 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 welcome, welcome. Yes, the mic is now working. We are now streaming. Yes, indeed, it is Friday, November 10th, 2023. Welcome to Raging Chickens Friday Politics Roundup. It's a special day. Yes, election roundup week. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Each week we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. You can help support this show, become a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress today. And you can help out the show right now by heading over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for the, sh- for the show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And yes, we just passed the 300 subscribers this week. Thank you, everybody, for the subscriptions. Thank you all for tuning in and your support. It's amazing. If you're one of our awesome podcast listeners, make sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. Leave a comment to let us let us know why you like the show. Let other people know why you like the show. Little things like this help other people find the show and support the amazing work that the people that we bring on are doing. Whew. Well, today's show, yes, as I said, it's election week. Um, this week I am joined once again by Cyril Michaleko, the editor-in-chief of the Bucks County Beacon. And we're going to be breaking down, oh, the election results from Tuesday. It was a huge day, I would say. Surprising. It was encouraging. Um, Lots of stuff to go through. Um, We saw huge wins in school board elections and county offices across Bucks County. Both Penridge and Central Bucks school boards flipped. There were significant wins in the state Supreme Court and other judicial elections. We'll get into it all today. And for more PA Progressive Talk, tune in to the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern on his YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your streams. Check them out and subscribe to his podcast wherever you get your podcast. Check out the ricksmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. You've got to check out the latest Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast, The Amazing PA Women, stirring the political cauldron behind that podcast, Rock the House. And they know where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter. And subscribe to their podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. And of course, I know by now you've heard about The Signal. Of course you've heard about The Signal. The Signal is a new podcast from the Bucks County Beacon, not so new anymore. Wrapping up, almost wrapping up season one, everybody. Pretty amazing. The Signal is hosted by the Beacon's editor-in-chief, Cyril Michaleko, and produced by yours truly. Twice a month, The Signal shines a light on right-wing extremist currents streaming through Bucks County and beyond. Cyril invites guests who can provide insight, analysis, and organizing solutions so that we can steer the community toward calmer, saner, progressive roots. And if you haven't seen already, there's the new Gen Z-hosted and focused podcast, The Civic Circle, from the Bucks County Beacon. You can get Civic Circle and the Bucks County Beacon by checking them out on wherever you get your podcast. Head it over to Podbean, head it over to Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcast, look for the Civic Circle, look for the signal, and you are going to be in for a treat. And attention all you gamers out there, The Gaming is a Quaker Town-based, black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show. They've got everything for Retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops. If you got a question about a game, look for something hard to get, got, they've got you covered. Check them out on their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at, at The Gaming. That's with two N's, at The Gaming on Twitter, or X. Special shout-out goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at at Song of Day Man. That's with two N's, at Song of Day Man on Twitter X. And if we want progressive future, we need progressive media. Support Pull No Punch's homegrown progressive media today. Become a patron of Raging Chicken for as little as five bucks a month. Simply go to patreon.com slash rcpress. We're here for the fight, and we need you. Become our patron for the price of a good beer once a month. Help keep the media in the movement and the movement in the media. Become a patron for as little as five bucks a month by going to patreon.com slash rcpress today. Well, 
Cyril, welcome once again to the show. It's so great to have you on this Friday morning, bright and early. Thanks, Kevin. Good, uh, good talking to you too. Well, let's 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 just start here. Uh, well, good morning to Emily. Emily has joined us. Uh, a bunch of other folks are joining the stream. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. We've got our coffee. I hope you've got yours. Mm. Cyril, um, I think it's fair to say that this was a, a huge week in Bucks County politics. Um, this is elections, of course, were held on Tuesday, and the results were amazing. So I, I'm curious, just to kind of kind of start us off here, what's your kind of takeaways or what were your reactions following these elections, just as a kind of a broad strokes before we get into the specifics? Sure. I mean, to be honest with you, I was shocked. Like, I, I was cautiously optimistic that the Democrats would perform well, um, but I wasn't expecting this blue wave to come crashing across the county. And, and that, that's exactly what happened, um, you know, from the c- county commissioner seats, um, from Penridge school, school board races to Central Bucks, Council Rock as well. Um, so, you know, I think, one, I was just obviously very happy. It's morning again in America. Yeah. Reagan <laughs> you know, uh, campaign commercial once quipped. Um, and I think Democrats and, and, and just pe- voters in general are, are feeling, you know, prouder, stronger and better, you know, uh, a few days out, out of this election. And, you know, I think what we saw was like people were voting for their hopes and not their fears. Yeah. And, and that's all the Republicans had to offer is just fear, mud, mud slinging and disinformation. And the voters just rejected that. Yeah. I mean, pretty handily too, as well. I mean, I was looking, you know, looking at the, uh, the, the, the results countywide. Um, and these were not, uh, a lot of these victories were not just, you know, 10 votes, 15 votes. They were pretty significant. Um, across the way. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got to say, like you, I was cautiously optimistic. The one thing that, you know, I've talked about, you know, pretty repeatedly on my show is that, you know, everything came down to the organizing work that was being done on the ground by community members and uh, parents and teachers and <clears throat> students um, and building these organizations from the ground up. And, you know, like one of the things that we've, you know, as long as I've been doing this podcast, I think we've always emphasized that the on the ground organization is really where the rubber meets the road. And when the community begins to organize on its own terms um, and for what the community wants, um, the community wins. Right. And this is what we saw. Um, and, you know, I know it's a cliche, but to say, you know, they've got money, we've got people. Um, and I think that bore itself out pretty, um, pretty significantly. So um and, you know, I think more and that I think stands out no more better place than in Central Bucks, where Paul Martino dumped in like whatever, something like six hundred thousand grand or something like this. It, it, it was about three hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, Central Bucks is a great example of how um, people power is greater than plutocrats and their money. And the voters sent. Paul Martino, a very clear message on Tuesday, democracy is not for sale. And so, like you said, the organizing on the ground, like you have to tip your hat to, you know, these parents and community members who, you know, for at least the last year, if not longer, have been taking on the heavy lifting of grassroots community organizing, educating, mobilizing, um, really democracy building from the bottom up which led to uh, the Democrats just sweeping victory in the school board and the new Democratic board majority. And, you know, in, in Central Bucks, th- these people were dragon slayers, right? Because Paul Martino was this MAGA dragon, this multimillionaire, this aspiring oligarch who, like we just mentioned, dumped hundreds of thousands of dollars of his own cash into this race because one, he wanted to buy a school board seat for his wife. Um, and then two, and more importantly, he just wanted to consolidate an extremist majority with his hand-picked MAGA Moms for Liberty backed candidates. And 
his mistake, I think, was that he used this money for a, essentially a scorched earth campaign. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, for example, he drops forty thousand dollars in in seed money to some out of state GOP political hack to start a pack. And this guy tells the Philadelphia Inquirer that by the time he's finished with his, you know, toxic mudslinging and disinformation and what I'd really call like a psyops campaign on on the community um, is that when he's done with this, the five Democratic candidates will, quote, be ashamed to be seen in public. Like what kind of sick person says something like that, you know, and then, you know, for a school board election. Right. And, and so, you know, for Martino and the, and the Republicans um, who are like putting up these like nasty, you know, just vicious, never mind untrue signs, it didn't matter if they burned the community to the ground. All, they, all that mattered was that they must capture power no matter what they had to do. But thankfully, they lost, right? The community said, thanks, but no thanks. We don't want any part of this. And that's why the, you know, the, the defeat that the Democrats gave to Paul Martino was so crushing. Yeah. Right. Um, but sadly, I, you know, I don't think he learned anything. He didn't learn the message that voters tried to tell him. He said he's already gearing up for 2025. Right. Um, and then like his wife just posted Arthi, who was a candidate. She just posted some quote unquote letter to former WHYY journalist, Emily Rizzo, essentially blaming her for their election loss. So, you know, from what I see, they're just kind of like really stewing in this crushing defeat that they suffered and and just stewing in their politics of grievance and resentment. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that we're going to kind of see that expressed in school board meetings. And, you know, that, that, that's, a ch- that's going to be a challenge, one of the challenges for the, for the new majority, kind of like one, like dealing with this backlash that they're definitely going to um, take. And then two, just, you know, showing the community that you can govern in a more transparent and inclusive way. Although, you know, with the three Republicans left on the school board, uh, Sissio, uh, who, who was Moms for Liberty, Pepper, who has anger issues and can't help himself but, like, scream at uh, Karen Smith, and Deborah Cannon, who thinks that there's actual demons in our community trying to, like, corrupt everything, um, you know, that, that, that's going to be tricky, <laughs> I, I suspect. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's going to be tricky, but nonetheless, once uh, given the significance of their of their wins, right? What's pretty amazing is you know you could they can set a whole different tone, you know, because you think about it, the difference between being in the being the minority and trying to kind of be reasonable and govern the way that you should for a school board, right? Then versus being in the minority is like now you've got the crazies are the ones are they going to have are going to be consistently disruptive. Right. Um, and, you know, I think the community is, is not going to just, you know, turn away and walk away and think the job is done now. I think if one thing that's, you know, people have been disabused of that idea that you can just have one election and it's going to solve all the problems and then you can all just walk away. But I think the community is incredibly um, engaged at this point. And the fact that, you know, to your point there about going after Martino, I mean, if you look at, you know, his wife, like Arati got this, you know, second like lowest uh, vote totals, right, of all those school boards. So I think that was even like a double message, <laughs> right, that we do not want your kind of kind of vitriol in our community. Yeah. And, you know, and they voters decided that, you know, Rick Herring was just better qualified and better suited to represent the community. And then that's not even under dispute anymore. That's just a fact. Um, but yeah, like, you know, and it's it, it, it's going to be nice to see like a different, um, you know, tone in these meetings, um, you know, since, you know, we're always kind of like watching them and, and reporting on them. But, you know, if, if you think back the, the Republican majority and, um, you know, the, the way that outgoing school board president Dana Hunter ran the meetings, 
I mean, all it was was about attacking the three Democratic minority members and then not even let, letting them speak, right. like not even right. letting them have like a debate and, and just kind of like raise their points, which they were trying to do civilly, um, you know, based on their like expertise and, you know, years of experience by like someone like Tabitha Delangelo, right? <laughs> who's kind of, who's probably forgotten more education than a lot right. of these people will ever even know. Um, so, you know, that, I think that victory was huge. It, it was, this was a race that was being followed across the country. Also, like in your neck of the woods, in yep. Penridge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before we talk about Penridge, uh, Chuck just uh, commented that Martino is on Twitter now blaming Act 77 for the, uh, for their losses. <laughs> so he's <laughs> looking for, looking for uh, who to blame and wherever you can find it, like uh, looking for any target where you think something will stick. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, he just needs to look in the mirror. Right, and then, yeah. Then he can figure out who's to blame for his loss. Yeah, so I, I suppose Act 77 is responsible for the failure of his bankroll restaurant down in Philadelphia too as well, right? <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure somebody else is to blame. It's never him, right? He's never to blame. It's always other people because he's a perennial victim, even though he yeah, victimizes and, you know, the community. He, he, he thinks he's the smartest person in the room as well, right? So yeah, his 100. ego just won't, won't let him kind of self-reflect. 100%. So Penridge, right? So, I mean, this is my district. This is my school district where my kids go to school here. Um, as anybody who listens to the show knows, because I've been pulling my hair out, what little of it's left uh, um, about what's going on here. And, you know, in some ways, um, up until very recently, uh, with the exception of the Beacon, really, um, and Emily Rizzo, before Emily Rizzo um, was, you know, um, was, I don't know, taken off the beat, wasn't kind of reporting on whatever it might be. But, you know, Emily Rizzo was one of the few other reporters that was paying attention to what was happening in Penridge, too, as well. Um, but Penridge was in some senses, more extreme in its attempts to systematically write over the curriculum with this Christian nationalist um, kind of agenda. And it flew under the radar in part because it doesn't have the same kind of, you know, like oomph of some place like Central Bucks, because, you know, Central Bucks, third largest in the district, fairly wealthy district, like for the most part. But um, it was... an amazing turnout by um, the community doing door knocking, doing the hard work. Um, I want to read this as um, Adam uh, uh, Bensick said this, um, said this one point, he said, the amount of time and effort put in this campaign by Kevin Foster, Emily Goble Smith, um, and Don Curran should not be overlooked. They volunteered and ran a type of professional operation that others get paid big bucks for in other races. Absolutely. And, and to Adam too, as well, who has always been there to Tina, who's always been there kind of, um, just like, you know, knocking doors, building the organization and never giving up. Um, but I think everyone knew it was a pretty heavy lift, even though they, you know, they did amazing work. And to see a complete sweep of the Penridge School Board as a rejection of the Vermilion contract with Jordan Adams and of that kind of Christian nationalist agenda. Um, and um, it, it was just, I think, astounding. No, absolutely. And I, I would just kind of like add like the Ridge Network um, you know, King, Lauren Bradley, um, and just all the people who kind of, you know, every month just made sure that they turned out uh, to these school board meetings to kind of raise the issues um, that, you know, other media wasn't reporting on. And, and a big shout out, of course, to Darren Bowson, oh, d- yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who took the district to task and kind of exposed what, in, in my opinion, was kind of like a, a shadow book banning operation. And when he took the district to court, the judge ruled in his favor. So Darren had been, as every, you know, readers of the Beacon will know, Darren had filed RTKs because he was noti- noticing that these these books at first were kind of like being checked out for a year you know, titles that were being targeted by Moms for Liberty, and then eventually kind of like getting weeded out of the, um, uh, weeded out of the library system. And after the district under the Republican school board's leadership uh, decided to stonewall him, 
with these RTK requests, with the information that as a citizen and taxpayer of Penridge, he had the right to have access to, he took in the court and the judge ruled that the district one acted in bad faith and two, um, participated in what amounted to a cover-up. Right. Um, and, and, and so, you know, that's just another kind of issue that I think really did not reflect well on this Republican leadership in, in the school district. You know, as well as like, you know, for those of us who, you know, tune into these meetings or go to these meetings every month, I mean, just the dysfunction of, yeah. that, of that school board, the, the infighting um, even between Republicans, right? It was, there was only one Democrat on, on the board, and that was someone who switched parties because he decided, holy crap, the Republican Party is just too crazy for me now. Um, and, and, and just that the infighting between the Republicans and then just the, the disdain for transparency and accountability, it turned off obviously moderate Republicans in the school district um, because Penridge is a majority Republican area. Yes. Um, that, you know, that needs to be highlighted. Like this was shocking. I, I fell off my seat when I saw those, <laughs> those results came in. I could not believe it. And let me tell you that the folks dodged an extremist bullet because yeah. had the Republicans just kind of like consolidated power, you know, they would have viewed that as just, um, you know, approval by the community uh, to just kind of like push even further with their kind of like right wing extremist makeover, you know, of the district. But instead, what voters actually did is voters in Penridge School District gave Democrats a mandate for change and they need to use that mandate and move the school district into a direction that places public education over partisan politics, you know, and common sense over extremism. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the, I, I was just looking for the quote uh, for which one it came from, but when the, uh, one of the articles I was uh, reporting on that, he basically said, okay, the, the Fox is getting kicked out of the hen house now. Right. Yes. I mean, this is the Jordan Adams famously said at the moms for Liberty summit down in Philadelphia that, you know, Hey, the Fox is in the, in the hen house. And we know that because of the beacon, but the beacon who actually got recordings of uh, his presentation and published a transcript of what he said to people thinking that he was not, you know, he was talking among friends and we got to know that this is exactly what he was planning. He said, Hey, look, the Fox is in the hen house now. And so this is something the community said, Nope, we're kicking the Fox out as a first order of business. Right. So, and I think they're going to use that. The one thing I will say though, about the, you know, what you kind of mentioned, like Penridge is, a, you know, it's a majority Republican district, right? If you look at just to voter registrations and things like this, right. Um, one of the things that I will give so much credit to all of the candidates who ran that race is they were like extraordinarily clear, clear that this is about the community, right? And they defined themselves. It wasn't like they didn't just kind of do reactionary. Okay, they're the Republicans and we're the Democrats. They branded on together like the Penridge Community Alliance, and that's how they campaigned, right? Um, and there's a reason that that they got. I mean, I think you know. Rep like formally what people would understand is to be Republicans, like your dad's Republican party, as they would always say, right. You know, that we're kind of more moderate. We're always voted Republican, so on, but they got people to listen. Right. Um, and I think what you say, you credit Darren Lawson um, for his lawsuit. I think what, be, what everyone began to see pretty clearly is it wasn't partisan politics, <laughs> right. Is what it was. It was an, it was a wholesale assault on our school district Right. Um, and then this is the community standing up and saying, we cannot allow this to happen. Right. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. You, you know, and, and, and so what they did, um, what, what the Penridge Community Alliance did was that they actually ran on the issues. Yes. While the other side was trying to say, oh, the Democrats want to make your kids trans. Right. Like that. that so, again, like people voted for their hopes rather than for these like delusional fears and, and, and voters voted on the issues and the policies and the policy changes and critiques that the Democrats ran on. 100%. So, I mean, and congratulations right across the board and this, and, you know, we have to say, um, and I, 
you look, I don't, I don't have evidence for this, right? So I don't, I want to be clear about this here, but I have to believe that, um, the, the fight that was taking place in Penridge, the fight that took place in Central Bucks, was extraordinarily helpful in alerting to other school districts about what was going on in the area. Because we also saw victories in school boards that were not kind of on the on the kind of number one, like you know, right out in front of the radar in terms of um, spotlighted in terms of national news and so on. Um, for example, Council Rock. I mean, Council Rock was extraordinarily concerned that they were going to be the next Penridge and they were going to be the next Central Bucks. There was like an editorial in the uh, in the Beacon about this, and they won handily. Yeah, and, you know, unlike Penridge and Central Bucks, you know, Moms for Liberty, uh, they didn't make their way into the school board yet, but they were kind of like knocking, knocking on the door, trying to get in. And so again, like you know, the the Democratic candidates and Council Rock, um, what they did was that what is what you know, folks in Central Bucks and Penridge did. They just put together just an army of volunteers, huge numbers, you know, over 100 volunteers, um, just kind of really dedicated to kind of knocking on doors, um, helping raise funds, um, you know, learning about and educating about the issues. And, And that was a pretty, again, like Council Rock was just like Central Box and just like Penridge, was just a huge victory. And, and you know, those three districts sent a message to folks, you know, t- to Moms for Liberty in Bucks County and across the country is that, yeah. you know, your toxic reactionary politics are not wanted, not needed, and not welcome in school, in public education. 100%. And, you know, WFMZ did a great article on this, too, as well, pointing out that, look, they are also Moms for Liberty basically were kept out of the kind of Southern Lehigh School District, right? Um, they were kind of kept out of it, which is incredible, the Perky Omen School District, right? They were kind of kept out of there. Um, and great pushback. I mean, I, I, every every day when I was driving to work, I'd have to go by the signs in Southern Lehigh um, and, you know, the true Republicans. And it was the agenda that we saw kind of assault Central Bucks and Central uh, and, and Penridge. And to see See that kind of push back. So they were kept out of the district is incredible. Now, we should also say that, you know, all the more reason why it's, you know, these organizations that were able to successfully beat back um, the Moms for Liberty crew from taking over the school districts, um, it's a good opportunity now to reach out to some of those school districts who are not as lucky, right? Um, so we saw, in, for example, Souderton. Souderton Area School District um, saw losses, right? We saw some of the extremists take over there. In the Kutztown Area School District, we saw, again, some of the extremists that are take over there. They now have a 6-3 majority. Um, there's, you know, other school districts that did not have the kind of the length of time organized ahead of it, right, uh, are now kind of um, are going to need help, right? Um, and that's going to be, you know, part of it's going to be on us is to make sure that we have a spotlight that's on these folks and can support them. And then also opportunities to connect up people in the community who've done this organizing that can help out other folks and to broaden this coalition um, ahead of the 2024 elections too as well. No, I, th- I think we've mentioned this a few times before, but, I, you know, I would love to see a, a- some kind of local summit for, you know, folks and representatives of the communities of these different school districts kind of like come together to kind of share strategy and vision and, you know, stories about what they think they did right, what maybe didn't work out so well or what could be done better. Um, You know, I I think like we need to kind of do now some of the larger kind of like, you know, umbrella type organizing. And, you know, it could start in Bucks County and then even turn into some kind of like statewide summit because, you know, like we mentioned before, they're they're not going to go, you know, gently into the night, right? You know, Paul Martino is already gearing up for 2025. I'm sure he's going to double down, spend even more money. Um, You know, the, the dark money and and the, the con, you know the conservative ideologues behind Moms for Liberty, you know they're not going to give up. They've been playing the long game for decades, right? Um, and and so we need to kind of one like you know take a breath, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I'm sure like you know folks are exhausted, 
um, you know, the community members that were just kind of doing this hard work day in and day out, you know, every week for the last year or two. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. Democracy is a verb, right? And it needs to be used in the active voice. And it's something that we need to participate in every day um, in order to combat, you know, the, uh, the wannabe oligarchs like the Jeffrey Yasses and the, and the Paul Martinos who look at democracy as a thing that they want to buy. Um, and so we need to just kind of like, you know, regroup, re-energize, and then just get going again. Um, because obviously next year is going to be a huge, a huge election, um, not just locally, but for the entire country. 100%. And, you know, um, you remind me, it's like I'm reading this book right now, um, which is it was a, uh, Mike Gambone's got a great interview or, or review of this book in uh, the Bucks County Beacon. It's Naomi Klein's new book, Doppelganger. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a fabulous book. And you, you just there's a, a chapter in there where she's talking about um, – in part because of COVID, but also because of, say, right-wing and kind of neoliberal politics and things like this, the, the birth of this kind of wellness industry, which is always about focusing just on the me, right, making my body as healthy as possible, making this. As, and I think that your point there about democracy is, like, you know, just like we exercise to keep ourselves health, healthy, right, you know, uh, this is kind of like a wellness program for democracy, right, is the exercising of um, meeting people in the community about, you know, um, talking about issues together and how we solve problems collectively and collaboratively, um, how we do the, you know, the work of, of door knocking, how we do the work of uh, reaching out and, and talking to people and finding out what uh, matters to them um, outside of just kind of like bombarding the airways with kind of like big money advertising. So, I mean, I think it's a really, I mean, I really like that idea. I mean, to have this idea of, you know, we need a wellness program for democracy. <laughs> Pretty yeah. straightforward. Um, one of the things, uh, Kimberly says a couple things here, um, and I think this is a good uh, segue to talk, just to do a little overview of some of the other election results. Kimberly says this is the first ever Democratic majority in Doylestown Township. Um, and uh, I, I think that's... 100%. We saw this, uh, the winds you already mentioned, uh, the county commissioner's office. But um, this blue wave um, was pretty significant, both in Bucks County and what we saw in the victories there, and then even statewide in terms of um, making sure that, for example, abortion rights are protected at the state level, right, both through the Supreme Court. Um, so, I mean, are there some highlights that you want to kind of focus in on there that you think would be useful to, um, to point to? Sure. Um, one, I, I think... Um it's, it's important to highlight that this was a loss for Brian Fitzpatrick as well. He's someone that was, you know, came out to support these right-wing MAGA Moms for Liberty backed school board candidates. He endorsed at least three, one, Josh Hogan, two, Arthi Martino, and then three, Stephen Mass, all of them on the far right of the spectrum. And they just got drugged. And I, I don't think, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that this kind of um, is sending a message that, you know, his kind of like sway over the community um, is kind of waning. And I, I think this maybe opens him up uh, to a, a at least an, an election fight next year. I think maybe he was trying to kind of like double down on his MAGA bona fides because he's he's afraid of his primary challenger, um, was it Mark Houck, um coming from his right? Mm -hmm. You know, and then given like um, Brian Fitzpatrick's uh, you know anti-abortion stance as well, um, I, I think this leaves him vulnerable. You know, n never mind his votes for both Jim Jordan, um, who he voted for twice, as well as the new kind of like Christian nationalist speaker of the house, um, Mike Johnson. Yeah, that's a great, great point. And I think that, you know, Fitzpatrick, um, by going, you know, I think that, uh, well, let's put it, let me back up a little bit. I think this was, it has been, a test plan, if you will, for how Republicans can maintain minority rule, right? And the idea was if you can gin up the base at the school board level, 
right? And have this kind of, you know, you always talk about down ballot stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. But there's been some discussion now, like, well, look at the up ballot, in, like, uh, impacts of these school board races. And I think that was one of the, you know, it's a, pretty much a national strategy. There's a reason why money started flowing into Moms for Liberty when they first started getting out in Florida, for example. Why in Pennsylvania, one of the key states in the, for coming up in the 2024 election, um, saw this as the second largest Moms for Liberty chapter in the country, right? So, that, I mean, all those things are there, and I think they were banking on on that rile up the base right and then that's going to have kind of up ballot impacts and instead and so you know Fitzpatrick jumped on that jumped on that train you know he's he's got pictures of himself posing with like Josh Hogan uh, he's got pictures of himself posing with the extremist candidates um in uh in Central Bucks and now those are going to be on campaign literature as he oh, goes sure. to get reelected absolutely i mean um so yeah and i think um you know n- another th- one, I just want to kind of like give a shout out uh, before I forget to the the community members and, and to the Bucks County Beacon writers um, and the community members who've kind of written posts for us, whether it's like David O'Donnell in Penridge, um, Darren um, in Penridge, Layla Casey, who is just really on top of everything that is going Amazing on in work. Central Box. Jenny Stevens oh. for her tireless reporting on what's happening in Penridge. Um, you know, I really, I really think that, that that kind of like made a difference, you know, especially when you see that the courier really and the intelligencer um, haven't been covering really anything. No. Right. And, and then that's just like, it's so dangerous to democracy. I mean, it, it's such like an epic failure of of journalism on Gannett and USA Today's part because they're the owners of the Courier. I mean, the Courier didn't even report on Darren's uh, victory. At the it was court. astounding. It was yeah. astounding yeah. at their lack of kind of attention to what the hell's going on in the community. Yeah. How how do you not cover that? And and so like you know, and that's like an important issue for voters to know right and and so because like the courier is kind of failing in its responsibility to inform the electorate um you know you you run the risk of having like low iq voters you know like political iq low electoral iq voters because they're just not getting the information that's necessary in order to um you know, make informed and rational decisions about local governance, whether it's a school board or the, or the county commissioner's race. Um, and so, you know, and then obviously like kind of like what you are doing, like pr- independent progressive media is kind of like, it's one of, one of the antidotes, right? To the kind of like f- viral far-right extremism that's trying to kind of like infect our communities. Um, so support <laughs> progressive independent media. I was just about to um, say, head on over to buckscountybeacon.com slash support the beacon, or just go to buckscountybeacon.com and hit the little support the beacon um, tab right at the top. You can become a sustaining member as little as five bucks a month. Um, get on over there and support it. Cause the beacon, I mean, I've said this on my show independently of when you're on the show, when is that, you know, I really do think the beacon has become the kind of locus point, the center, the hub of the wheel, so to speak, about how we can build out um, the kind of coverage that you're talking about. Um, you know, and ideally, we'd all love it if the, you know, if the Courier Times was decided to actually devote its reporting and actually do that work. But they're not, <laughs> right? I mean, the Penn Live, right? Harrisburg-based newspaper gave more coverage to Darren Lawson's lawsuit than, than the Courier Times did, right? I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, just like Paul Martinez gearing up for 2025, well, so is the Bucks County Beacon. Yeah, right? 100%. And we have plans and, and goals to kind of expand what we're already doing, but we do need your support to make that happen. I'm sorry, I went off. I'm no, 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 no. I actually, ha- I actually, literally had brought up the fundraising page because I'm like, I want to make sure I'm going to plug this right now while we're talking about it because it just, it's just so important. I mean, I, I can't think of something that's more, uh, you know more critical right now to make sure that we have a space, we have spaces, ideally, where we can 
focus on those issues that matter in the community in a sustained way. I mean, you know, and like, and I think what we said is important is like, you know, it's not to say that like the Bucks County beacon or any independent media is like the end all be all answer to things. That's not the point. The point is, is that a healthy, vibrant democratic culture, right. Has a lot of things that are, that are necessary for it to thrive. And one of them is an independent, like pull no punches media, right. That's actually going to report on the things that community is doing. The other, other is, you know, spaces where people are learning how to talk to people, how to campaign, what's kind of, you know, the nitty gritty of politics, how to run for office, right? Um, where to meet in social spaces in order to kind of exchange things, you know, to talk with each other about um, kind of what's important. All that stuff matters. And then once we start taking away particular legs of that stool of democracy, right, it's going to eventually fail. So this is, you know, I'm again, uh, you know, I don't know. I tell everybody I can. I talk to everybody I can about Bucks County Beacon, Bucks County Beacon, um, as that, you know, in a sense, a shorthand for this is the kind of work that we need to be doing and exercise for democracy. So BucksCountyBeacon.com slash support the beacon. Um, please do support them if you can. So um, sorry to make this a commercial in the middle of the thing, but it's really it really is. I mean, I, I can't. You know, obviously, I've been working in this space for, you know, quite some time. And so I'm committed to this being, you know, part of the key aspects of building social movements, supporting democracy and so on. And the fact that I'm living at a time when you got a place like the Bucks County Beacon emerging is pretty, um, it feels heartening to me. That's all. <laughs> okay. So let's get back to the, let's get the, back blue, to <laughs> the, the blue wave that kind yeah. of like doused the fire that was set by the political arsonists like Paul yeah. Martino and Jeffrey <laughs> 100%. Adams. 100%. Right? Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, we, we should be like proud of like what happened in Bucks County, but let's not kind of like get too full of ourselves um, and get complacent. And, and like I said, it, it's important to kind of like double down um, heading into to 2024. And but I, I think this kind of like positions ourselves in a good in a good space. Um, and I, I think really that the the energy um, that was going into the election and now after the kind of like sweeping victory is something that we can kind of like build on, um, you know, heading into next year. 100%. And I think that, you know, I, I'm going to lay this out as here's my concern going forward. Um, I'm not making a claim that this is going to happen, but it is my concern because I've, you know, seen this stuff happen in the past. Um, and I talked to little Sarah a little bit about this before the show today is that, um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of the, the, the national reporting, right. Even some of the kind of regional reporting in the Philadelphia Inquirer and, and, and the New York times and stuff also on cable news, also on NPR. Um, my concern is that, there's a media narrative that's emerging because it, it's, you know, this is the national parties are invested in this narrative is that it's like the Democrats won, right? The Democrats had this big blue wave and yes, they were Democrats who won, but I don't believe that automatically translates into like, you know, the brand of the democratic party, if you will. Right. I mean, I think that my concern is that these Democratic Party consultants who have messed up elections in the past because they come with this, you know, belief about what national politics is. Right. And that there's like a thing in the air about Democrats winning. I don't believe that's what it is. I think it's number one, it's got to start with you know, looking back for the people that worked um, um, to to, to deal after January 6th the, about the women who have been fighting since the women's March. Right. And the organizing that took place in the aftermath of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Right. Of the community members who have been organizing around school board elections to beat back the assault on the democracy. It's that kind of organization. Right. That ground up stuff that I believe, you know, that's what where the hope is. And so. You know, I, I'm always just extraordinarily conscious about how we're going to be talking about the elections coming up in 2024 um, as not team sports. Right. I mean, we're going to talk about the need going back to what you said, being focusing on the issues that matter and are critical to people. Right. Rather than kind of like, you know, like red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. We're going to talk about those candidates that are going to basically defending women's right to abortion. We're going to be talking about those folks who are going to kind of support like a full like revitalization of, dem of democracy of protecting our kind of elections and starting with what's happening on the ground. Do you think that the, this election kind of signaled that 
you know, maybe the, the Republican, at least some Republicans, or maybe there's a growing number of Republicans that are kind of, you know, finally kind of getting turned off by the authoritarian kind of extremist models of politics that the that you know Donald Trump helped kind of like grow within the party because it you know it it's a it's a MAGA party now and you know the I've always disagreed with Republicans but it's just like you know the what we've seen in like Bucks County with like the growing extremism and you know, even Pat Poprick was a, an election denier and, and fake, um, you know, fake elector, but she is in like kind of like a civil war within the Republican party because someone even farther to the right of her, Andy Meehan thinks like, you know, his part of the grassroots should be leading the party. But, you know, does th- what happened in, in, Doylestown and Central Box, because, you know, Doylestown's also red as well. Yes. Right. It, it's not as red as, as Penridge. It's not as dark red as Penridge. But that, you know, the Democrats won in a, in a Republican um, majority school district. Yes. I mean, I think this is a really good point. And I think, look, the way that the way that we've I, I think has been a failure of going back we talked about Bubba, but a democratic culture right is that we've get into say team sports stuff right mm-hmm. and you know and again it's like how long do you support your team until you know you you personally just can't stand it anymore right you know you begrudgingly support it and the thing is is like the struggle for i think on re, the republican side of things and i don't mean just at, at the leadership level but i mean among kind of republicans as a whole you know they want to win right <laughs> you know and there's been this kind of will to power in the republican party for quite some time right and it's been pretty kind of cutthroat about you know they'll do what they can to kind of win but what we just saw i believe at least is that there's a chunk of those stalwart Republicans, right, um, who just felt it at the local level and watched their own community now being disrupted to the point where they had to make a choice, right? The fact is that can I continue to hide behind I'm a Republican, right? I have to make a choice between what's happening down the road in my schools and my allegiance to my team. Right. And so I think that's what we saw starting to fray. Right. And this is also true at the national level. Right. It's like we hear all the time, like, well, behind the scenes and off camera, they say that they can't believe what's going on, but they still vote. They still vote for the extremist politics. What I think that why the organizing is so important, why the door knocking was so important is that you're beginning to drive a wedge there. Right. About those folks are having to kind of consider themselves not just as a you know, a fan of this team, but as a part of a community and being a part of the community is at odds with being a supporter of that team. So, I mean, do you you think that could translate into presidential politics? If the organizing remains at the local level, I think if, if, you know, I mean, again, I think an an expansion of the kind of things that we saw at the school board and the community level, I think is what's, what's important is because, you know, I don't, I don't think, look, I mean, I, I'm a realist about this stuff, right? I mean, I understand that that's, that's a heavy lift. It's not just going to happen overnight. I mean, it took like what, two cycles, three cycles of school board elections before you had a a strong enough organization to beat back the extremism, right? So let's Mm -hmm. be clear. So some level, it's going to be that national messaging. The question is, I think it's going to be important for the people who have done this organizing and won to push back against both regional, like countywide, statewide, and national, say, Democratic Party leadership, for example, and, and insist that they hear that the messaging needs to grow from the bottom, right? Yeah. That these national, with the, I think there are some exceptions there. Abortion is critical because that is like, that is on the table. That is legitimately on the table about a national abortion ban. If Republicans take over um, kind of national, absolutely. That will affect what happens with, with uh, Fitzpatrick, but that's not something that is like emerged at the national level and is being forced down locally. That affects everybody and people are already organizing on that. So that's critical. And remember how long it took for the, to push the democratic party, right. When they're campaigning, even at, in Bucks County and locally to say the word abortion, <laughs> right. Instead of saying like women's reproductive care. No, we need to stand for protection for abortion rights. Right. So, I mean, I think like that's the kind of thing that, that that's going to be, that's going to be critical. The fact that we saw, for example, um, a similar uh, kind of beating back of moms for Liberty in Iowa, right. They got all sorts of national splash. That's important. 
right? Because you're seeing that that organizing is happening nationally too as well. And I think there are those within the Democratic Party, say, leadership that are really starting to toy with the idea that maybe they need to move away from the consultant class, right, mm-hmm. um, and move back towards building party you know, uh, party organization at the kind of state and regional level. Um, and, you know, the more we can help that along, the better. I mean, I think pl- like organizations like the Ridge Network are going to be actually critical organizations like, you know, that we see uh, Kadita Kenner, right, kind of basically pushing for this stuff at the statewide level. That's going to be absolutely critical. And the New more Pennsylvania we can support project. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, sorry to go on. I've got, I've got like, no, I'm a little no, tirade cool. here, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The new Pennsylvania project um, in, in, in central bucks, like advocates for inclusive education, like what they, their sole focus was, and it was nonpartisan was just to educate the community about the issues um, that the, you know, the district was facing. And, and, and you're right that that does need to happen. And then, like you said, like, you know, it, it, it it's quite a relief that, the hood finally got ripped off Moms for Liberty and people see them for what they really are, you know? And so that brand is, yes. is just toxic now. Yep. Um, and I, you know, that, and that's why we saw people running away from their endorsements, right? Like going back to like Council Rock, um, you know, the candidates asked Moms for Liberty not to publicly and endorse them after they filled out their questionnaires. Yep. Um, and then like Martino and his, uh, he tried to run away from the fact that Moms for Liberty, you know, on their website made a little, you know, little meme saying like, these are the, you know, the candidates that you need to vote for in the election. Um, so, you know, we'll see how, you know, if they, if they're able to bounce back, but it, it would be nice to kind of, you know, watch them kind of like fade into obscurity. One hundred percent. And, you know, I'm just reminded of, you know, when uh, Diana Lagerman was on my show um, a while back, this is like her first, you know, uh, first run at, you know, on the school board and things like this. One of the things that she said, right, right when CRT and one of the things, you know, all the, you know, these cultural warrior stuff started emerging in the school boards is that one of the things she said is that, you know, in the community, like she was running, you know, candidates were running and they were running I wanted to push back against you know, the anti-maskers against the, uh, the, the CRT um, kind of group, you know, that, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, the anti-white people kind of coming in. One of the things that she said is that, you know, they were getting their campaigns going. They wanted to respond to that. And they had Democratic Party consultants were basically saying to them, you know, don't do that. Ignore them and they'll go away. Right. And the message or what I might take away from talking to her and seeing what's happened in the community is like, Okay, you could listen to, you know, you could listen to hear what they got to say, but trust yourself, trust your community and trust each other in terms of building that back because you can push back against those people. Because like, look, you know, these, when these Democratic Party operatives come come in and they want to kind of help kind of elect um, um, Ahas coming coming up against Fitzpatrick and so on. Right. They're, they're going to be, you know, kind of be organizing, too, as well. But, you know, the community better than they do. <laughs> right. And so you get to push back against them and say, no, this is how we need to build our campaign because we did it already and we won. So, yeah. Um, you know, one thing I just wanted to mention that I did, I just remembered was um, in central box, the, the three remaining Republicans on the school board were all, were the Republicans that were endorsed by the militia, the proud American Patriots network. Oh my God. So that, that's, that's who's representing the Republicans heading into 2025. That's uh, one hell of a, uh, a brand identity that got going on there then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Well, um, you know, Cyril, this has been, this has been quite an, an incredible week. Um, and so on. Anything else you think we should touch on, right, um, in this election kind of wrap up? I mean, I think that, you know, the county commissioner stuff I thought was absolutely amazing um, that we saw that. Like uh, Kimberly said, that we saw the wins in uh, Doylestown Township. Um, we saw right across the, all the row offices or, you know, the, the clerk offices of the county were won by Democrats. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and you know, I guess another thing people can celebrate was that um, Bucks County's other MAGA millionaire, Jim Worthington, he he was pushing his followers to uh, vote against Alan Snyder um, in Newtown Township, 
and she won <laughs> handily. Um, so he's on quite a losing streak with, uh, you know, with Trump supposedly, quote unquote, supposedly losing, um, you know, Herschel Walker, um, New Jersey's Dr. Oz, and now the Newtown Township supervisor. So it was nice to see that. It, it, it's nice to see like his and Martino's influence just really waning. So I guess the way to kind of close out today's discussion in some ways, I mean, if anybody else has, if anybody's listening today has uh, additional kind of questions or comments you want to think we should air out, things that we didn't talk about, you think we should, um, just drop it into comments as you, uh, as you listen. But so the question now is like thinking forward, right, um, for this next round of uh, elections. We have the presidential election. There's a lot at stake what's going on. Um, how are you thinking about, this upcoming election season? I mean, it's the threat of another Trump presidency. It's just that the idea of it is horrifying because they're already planning to kind of like gut the federal government and just kind of really dismantle the democratic safeguards um, you know, that we have in these institutions. Um, I think I read, maybe it was in the Washington Post, they're, they're even like floating around the idea of like invoking the Insurrection Act if he wins, if there's like, you know, protests, yeah. um, you know, against, against his presidency. Um, so again, like I, I take nothing for granted. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we're starting, we're heading into 2020 for with a blank slate um, because you can't take anything for granted. Um, and the, the, the whole idea that Trump won in the first place after everything that exactly. was exposed by him and just like the, the horrible things that he said about, you know, sexually assaulting women and kind of like make, you know, thinking that that's okay. That's, that's his right. Um, you know, it, it just, Voters are hard to understand, right? Um, uh, and, and so, you know, I think like what we've been kind of like the, the, the drum we've been banging um, during this, uh, you know, during this conversation is just the correct one. It's just community organizing from the bottom up, right? That, that's, that's the way to move forward and to remember that like, you know, democracy is kind of like a full-time job. I mean, you know, it, it, it's tough because, you know, you want to have a life um, and you're, never mind, you're working and, you know, right. taking care of your, your loved ones and kids. But whether, you know, 2024 is going to, is a, you know, a critical election. Um, and while I think President Biden has had a, a successful uh, first term, um, you know, there's this narrative that the media keeps banging about his age, even though they don't apply it to Trump, um, that, you know, I think raises concerns with some people. It just does. Yes. Right? He's not like, he's not the same person he was in 2016 um, or 2020 for that matter. Um, you know, and, and, and that, that affects like people's perceptions um, and, and unfortunately kind of like steers them away from, you know, his record of accomplishments. I, I would say he's, he's governed more progressively than Obama. Oh, totally. 100%. Um, yep. You know, and, and his programs are, are popular, right? <laughs> like they're very popular. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, where, where do you stand, you know, about him? Like, I, I, at first I thought it was perfect, like, when he was talking about being, like, a one-term bridge bridge president. I, I believe he, he, when he was running last time, he, he initially intimated that, yes. you know, that was, a, that was what he intended or at least was, like, a strong possibility. Um, and, you know, I... I feel like the Democrats have a good bench too, like uh, Whitmer in Michigan. Um, you know, I think she, she's done a phenomenal job there. Yeah. Um, you know, you're watching Gavin Newsom just kind of like uh, take Sean Hannity to task, um, you know, on a 
very hostile show and he pretty much owned him just by, you know, just because he's such an effective communicator and, and was just able to kind of like, you know, rely on facts <laughs> over the far right fictions that, that Hannity was vomiting. You know, I think that the, the Democrats are posi- are posi- in a position where like on the national leadership stage, I, I think they can do very well, but it almost feels like they're, you know, they're afraid, right? <laughs> Like, how is it that Biden's the only person that can beat Trump? And I'm not saying, like, he shouldn't run. I'm saying maybe he shouldn't. Um, but how do you, I mean, I, I just, I, that's, a, that's something I can't wrap my head around. Like, why do they think he's the only person that can, can beat, you know, this just, like, wannabe authoritarian? I, I don't even, I think the fear, what you just said about them being afraid is really the closest answer to that. I, I remember, like, Edward Bernays, right, who was, like, you know, considered the, you know, self-appointed, like, godfather of public relations, right, writing in the 1920s and stuff, wrote books on propaganda and public relations and all this stuff, is that uh, I'm going to get the I'm going to get the exact wording wrong. But it was basically at the very beginning of that book when he's saying, what do you try to do with uh, with um, trying to do with, say, public persuasion? And his thing was like, you know, we talked about something like the oppressive weight of tradition or something like this. And um, his analysis, I thought, was really, you know, was an important one because he was talking about institutions and the way people have done things, right, um, is its own weight, right, and carries with it its own kind of like, you know, inertia. And um, while I disagree with a lot of what Bernays said (laughs) about what you do with that, it nonetheless Mm -hmm. is true of some places like institutions. And I think the Democratic Party for so long has operated – on this, you know, um, seniority model, right? Which is, you know, that's how you get to be a leader in the Democratic Party is you uh, stay there long a time, a long time, right? You're the next one up, right? You're the one that is due, you know, you've paid your dues and now it's your turn. And that's, there's a legacy to that. And, you know, there's, uh, Biden is this really, I think like a hinge figure in some ways, like, you know, he, so much of his career was, was rooted in that kind of old school Clinton Tonian kind of neoliberal framework that the Democrats, you know, embraced because they were got so afraid after, you know, some electoral losses and Reagan's win that they think you have to sound like Republicans in order to win. So they have the one hand, but then you've got Biden coming in with that kind of history, that kind of, you know, being at the center of the party type of stuff. But like you said, surprised the hell out of me when he came into office and proposed policies that were like better than I could have ever imagined would that would be put down there by by a, a sitting president. Um, and we have to acknowledge that the only thing that stood in the way of those policies getting passed was people like Joe Manchin, right? Um, the centrist Democrats, right? Um, and, you know, we could argue back and forth about whether or not, um, you know, the Democrats really pushed hard enough behind these plans and got behind them enough. But I do think there's a, there's some fear there. So I think the, and, you know, you think about the whole infrastructure that's around him, all the people that are hired in the cabinet, all the people that are um, support his campaigns, they're all urging him to stay in because, you know, I mean, part of it's self-interest, but part of it is they're worried about a potential loss and how detrimental and devastating a new, like a, the next, you know, Trump presidency could be. So, I, I mean, I was... 100% behind, I think Biden should be a one-term president, right? I mean, and then they should be, like you said, go to the bench early, <laughs> yeah. right? My concern now is it's like Christmas, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like for all practical purposes, it's Christmas. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm scared that, uh, well, I don't want to say scared. My concerns are things like, look, when people are old, right, um, they have more health issues, Right. That's true for Trump and for Biden. Right. We saw I mean, we have Ruth Bader Ginsburg as a standing example of what happens. Right. When when people are old and she was in by all stretches, you know, all people said like she exercised every day. She was in good health, but things happen. So that's a concern um, that's got me worried. Um, but, you know, I think that the Biden's like strong embrace of the UAW strike and seeing what he's gone out of the, over the celebration is going to do nothing but help him. 
um, and help that campaign going forward. Um, if, you know, unions can point to this and say, look, this is why we vote for this guy, right, um, to get to make some inroads back into those communities that were lost to Trump because of they were sick and tired of these like free trade neoliberal policies and stuff. But anyways, um, you know, you asked the question. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we can kind of like hope, hopefully um, I can come back on down the line and yeah. we can kind of like dig into the national politics. I do hope you have someone on to kind of talk about uh, the UAW strike yep. and, and the significance of that, um, because that's huge. And it kind of it, 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 to me, at least, um, it kind of signals maybe a new chapter uh, for labor in the United States that kind of is a little bit more old school, a little bit more militant and has a, a lot more fight in it. Um, yeah. 100%. 100%. And believe me, I've got um, kind of my irons in the fire on that one. I've got a list of uh, kind of upcoming shows that I want to kind of nail down for exactly this. Um, well, Cyril, um, you know, I think uh, Kimberly uh, says it best here as a way to kind of uh, transition out into our weekend. She says, thanks to the Bucks County Beacon and Out to Coop for fresh and forward reporting. Cyril was there two years ago when the extremists started to show their hand and Moms for Liberty launched Bucks Chapter in October 2021. Absolutely, which is why you need to be on the ground. And Cyril has been on the ground and the Bucks County Beacon has been on the ground. Um, so get on over there to BucksCountyBeacon.com. Hit the support the beacon button and make sure you support them for as little as five bucks a month. Um, Cyril, uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. And it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to be able to close out such a, such a, a monumental uh, week. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Kimberly. And then obviously thank you, Kevin, for, for having me on and, and just kind of like being a, such a big supporter and part of the Bucks County Beacon um, with your production of our podcast. So I appreciate it. Well, here you go. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning out. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, everyone who is kind of listening and will continue to listen. Thank you, Chuck, uh, for tuning in kind of live today and, and uh, kind of showing up in chat uh, 100%. Love it. Um, just want to say that, look, you can help support the show by heading over to patreon.com slash rcpress. You can become a patron for as little as 5 bucks a month. And make sure you go onto the Beacon, support the Beacon, as little as 5 bucks a month. This is Kevin Mahoney. I'm out of here for the weekend. Whew, what a week. See ya!